we are not saved by anything we do, correct? We're saved by faith in Christ. We're justified by faith. We don't earn salvation. And maybe you're here today and you profess to be a Christian, you're a born-again Christian. That, that's who makes up the family of God. So then what? I know we're going to heaven one day, but there must be a purpose. We can't hang out on planet Earth here until we die or Christ returns. So what, what's supposed to be our goal every day? When you wake up in the morning, you have to have a goal. If you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. And most people just wake up, they just, I don't know, I'm a Christian. I'll read the Bible, maybe. If I'm in trouble, call someone. So living without a specific purpose is really detrimental to God's plan for our lives. It's found many places in the Bible, but I picked one in the New Testament as a kind of intro into what I want to talk about. Look at 1 Thessalonians. As for other matters, brothers and sisters, we instructed you how to live in order to please God. As in fact you are living, now we ask you and urge you in the Lord Jesus to do this more and more. Do what more and more? Live in order to please God. God is an emotional being. He's a spiritual being. He's eternal, omniscient, omnipotent, omnipresent, but he has emotions. He can be made happy. He can be made sad. You could grieve his spirit. The Bible talks about that, like with anybody else. And since all that he's done for us, and because we're in his family, we don't want to make him sad. We want to make him glad. How many say a loud amen? How many honestly want to make the Lord happy? I mean, after all he's done for us, wouldn't that be really a sign that we're really not in the faith? If we're like, yeah, whatever, I'm going to live to please myself. I know, but look what the Lord has done. I mean, yeah, that happened 2,000 years ago, but right now it's all about me. That would probably be a sign we don't get it. So in order to please God, he says, you're already pleasing God. So notice, you can grow now and please God more and more. When you love someone, you want to make them happy. Before my mother passed away at 104, I would visit her at her apartment right at the foot of the Brooklyn Bridge. I would go in there, and all my only thought was, what can I say? What can I do? What can I bring? What makes her happy to talk to her? make her recollect her earlier years, talk about her childhood or whatever, read the Bible to her. I want to talk about that pleasing God because many times we get into a thing called formalism or traditionalism or mechanical religion where we think that the things we do are making him happy, that that's important to him, and then we have to find out that that is meaningless what we're doing unless it's accompanied by something else. What I mean by that is, what do we go to church? In fact, most Americans, when you travel and you talk to most people, how are you doing with the Lord? What's your relationship with the Lord? Oh, I go to Brooklyn Tab, or I go to First Baptist, or First Assembly of God, or whatever. I mean, that has really nothing to do with pleasing the Lord. Is that important? Yeah, forsake not the assembling of yourselves, that's important. But merely coming in this building doesn't make God happy. And that's what Israel had to find out in the Old Testament. God had to send prophets who talked to them about, you don't get it. What you're doing you think pleases me, but it doesn't make me happy. You are my covenant people. 
I chose you, I brought you out of Egypt, which is a picture or a type, T-Y-P-E, of God saving us, bringing us into salvation. Now that you belong to me, I want you to live to please me because that's how you ought to be. That's a proper relationship and arrangement. So many times in the prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, and the others, what does God use the prophet to do? He raises up the prophet to tell the people, hey, time out. You're not pleasing me. In fact, you're doing things that hurt me. That's what our walk with the Lord is, amen? Whom he loves, he he chastens, and he's constantly working to get us focused on living every day to make him happy. Like when I go home today, my wife's laid up like that. I don't want to be a burden to her. I don't want to displease her. I want to make her happy. So beside the prophet, in one of the Psalms, out of nowhere, God comes and calls like a trial, like he's the judge, and he's going to summon everybody together, and he's going to tell them something they needed to hear, that we need to hear today. So don't be distracted now. Focus in on the word of God. Psalm 50 begins this way. The mighty one, God, the Lord, speaks and summons the earth from the rising of the sun to where it sets. Verse four and five. He summons the heavens above and the earth that he may judge his people. Gather to me this consecrated people who made a covenant with me by sacrifice. So now God is in a metaphor, in a picture. He's appeared at this courtroom scene and he's saying, now come on now, I gather everyone. The judge of the universe, the God of all creation is gonna speak now. And his people, probably Israel at that time, were thinking, oh, this is good because those other nations, bunch of idolaters, they're this, they're that. They sacrifice their children to their horrible idols. They're burned to death and all of that. And then God like slips in one they're not ready for. He says, no, but first thing I'm gonna do is speak to my own people. Judgment has to begin in the house of the Lord. God's not going to judge the earth before he judges his own people. Why? To whom much is given of the same, much is required. So some of you have been sitting for what? How many years in church? How many years have we professed to know the Lord? How many Bibles do we own? How many Christian songs have we heard? While other people, I was over years ago in Bangladesh, and there's a place that's hardly been touched by the gospel. So obviously, with more light, there's more responsibility. So God, instead of saying, I'm not going to lambast the the nations which have rejected me, or today we're living with the unbelievers in the street who mock God and curse God, their day will come like everyone's day will come. But first, I'm going to talk to my people. I want to talk to my people. So now we talk to Israel, and Israel had a religious system which started with Moses getting the Ten Commandments and elaborate instructions on worship that you'll find in the book of Exodus. It's elaborated on in in the book of Leviticus where God prescribes everything. This is what you should do. In the morning, first thing, I want a sacrifice made at the dawn. And then at night, I need another sacrifice to just cover all the misdeeds that you carry on. Then I want other deeds like a sin offering on a personal basis. And you lie to someone or you stole something, you get repentant. You come with an animal sacrifice. Blood has to be shed to cover that sin. How many are happy the blood of Jesus has covered all of our... Come on, let's clap for that. We don't have to bring animals. 
But see, that was all a picture and a type. So you bring an animal for this, an animal for that. And then there are other offerings, Thanksgiving offerings. You brought meal. You brought a food. You brought it and, and you brought it to the priest. You had the men, all the men in Israel, three times a year, no matter where you lived, you had to make a trek to Jerusalem like a pilgrimage for the Feast of Unleavened Bread and the Feast of Tabernacles and the Feast of Pentecost. They had all these rituals down. And God prescribed it. God is the one who told them to do it. It's elaborate. The priest had to be done a certain way. You had to approach the priest in a certain way. The day of atonement had to be carried on in a certain way. Everything was prescribed, much more than what we do. We go to church and, and there's not a whole lot of outward ceremony. But the Roman Catholic system is a perfect example of that. You had to go to confession. I don't know how it is. It's not so strict today. But you had to go to confession. Anybody here with a Roman Catholic background? Just lift your hand. Will you remember that? Say how many Hail Marys. And our fathers, right? And only fish on Friday. And you had to do the sign of the cross. You had to do the stations of the cross. That whole system, right? That's prescribed by that tradition. So this is what Israel had, but in an Old Testament sense. And then God comes out of nowhere. And he says this, listen, my people, and I will speak. I will testify against you, Israel. I am God, your God. I have no need of a bull from your stall or the goats from your pens. Well, wait, wait, wait. You're the one who told us to sacrifice, though. God says, I don't need that. You think I need that? For every animal of the forest is mine and the cattle on a thousand hills. I know every bird in the mountains and the insects in the fields are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you, for the world is mine and all that is in it. Do I eat the flesh of bulls or drink the blood of goats? So now this has got me in a little confusion. He's saying to Israel, you think I need these animals that you bring? I know, but God, you told us to bring them. I know, but don't you get it? You're just doing the outward act. Something else is missing. You're doing everything I told you, but that does not cut it. Well, what do you mean? What more can I do except what you told me to do? No, you got the outward down. You don't have the inner involved in it. You have the outward going to church, but where's your heart? You're singing with the, the praise team, but where's your heart? You're just singing with your mouth. Where's your heart? That's not what makes me happy. You going to church doesn't make me happy if it's not accompanied by other things. Your sacrifice of animals, even though I told you to do it. You think that's what I need? You think I like I get hungry and I need food from you? So then what does please God? Both Old Testament and New Testament. This is for his people. This is not in order to get saved. In order to get saved, we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. We repent of our sins and we believe in Christ. But now, if you really love him, so how do we show that? Now the Lord gives us Old and New Testament. This will encompass it all. This is a manifestation of the faith that pleases God. Faith always has actions with it. What are the true actions of a faith that pleases God? Here God gives it to us in the next verse. Sacrifice thank offerings to God. Fulfill your vows to the Most High and call on me in the day of trouble and I will deliver you and you will honor me. God says, I don't want you merely coming to Jerusalem. You coming to Jerusalem is not what makes me happy. You coming to Jerusalem with a thankful heart makes me happy. 
Give, sacrifice, thank offerings to God. This is what makes God happy. There's three things. This is number one. Numero uno. Give God thanks. In everything, give thanks, the Bible said. Today, I wonder how many really gave thanks from your heart to God. I know we've been in the service. I know we've been singing. But how many really engaged your heart and in your most intimate part of your being actually said to God, Oh, God, do I thank you for your goodness to me. We were praying upstairs before we came down here, and Pastor Lincoln led out in prayer. And he just burst out saying, oh, God, when we look back on, because he's been here a long time with Carol and I working together, and this is his wife, Tamara. Oh, God, how faithful you have been. How many have a testimony here? God has been so faithful to you. I mean, we received blessing after blessing. 2,000 years ago, Christ died on the cross to cover your sins and my sins. Are we thankful for that every day, or do we just take it for granted? And we just go to church like little robots, and we judge the church, and we're checking everything out. How about engaging your heart and giving God thanks? Giving God praise. How many of you here today, you owe God back praise like for maybe years? You're complaining, you're bringing your problems, and there's a place for that. Bring your problems to the Lord, we'll get to that. But how about giving thanks? Don't you get sick when you see children who have no gratitude toward their parents? Doesn't that make you sick? You see kids grow up, their parents were taking care of them when they couldn't even walk. But now they have no use for their parents. It's all about me, what I'm going through, my feelings. And God is saying, you want to really make me happy? Sacrifice thanksgiving to me. Give me praise. I was thinking about this, praying about this passage for myself. Oh, the mercy God has shown me. How about you? How many have had his mercy is more? Lift up one hand. My sins, though, are many, but his mercy is more. How about his patience in your life? A lot of us are only here today. We're all here today because of God's patience. How patient he's been with me. I, I've been cabeza dura, hard-headed, stiff neck at times in my life, stubborn, full of myself. God could have struck me dead. He didn't strike me dead. He waited for me. He waited for me. How about you? You're not that hot either. Come on, let's praise God. And we take that for granted instead of giving God thanks every day. How about this morning? You woke up, didn't you? You're here. Shouldn't you be thanking God? Other people didn't wake up this morning. Aren't you healthy? Do you have clothes on your back? Yes, thankfully you do. We all have clothes. And we had food to eat today. We just take these things for granted. And then we go through the ritual of going to church and lifting our hands or clapping and whatever. And God is saying, that's not what makes me happy. What makes me happy is when you're from your heart, you give me praise and you give me honor. Doesn't he deserve it? Come on, let's give him a loud applause. Loud. Ritualism, formalism is deadly. And it's not just in the Roman Catholic system or in the Old Testament uh, sacrificial system. You can have it right now in your life. You can be a preacher and be an empty suit. Just nothing. Just going through the motions, doing it to make a buck. Preaching sermons so people would admire you or trying to sell books. God sees all that and says, that doesn't make me happy. Yeah, but I preached a sermon. Yeah, but I saw the heart that was behind the sermon. 
You weren't thankful for your calling. You weren't thankful for the people in front of you. You weren't thankful for all my mercies. His mercies are new every day. Shouldn't we be thanking them every day? I want to charge you if you want to be pleasing to God. I've, I've asked God, God, help me. Give me a spirit of thanksgiving. Help me not to be just so self-centered and complaining, always just complaining, moaning, groaning about this and that. Give me a thankful spirit. Isn't it great to be around someone who's filled with the spirit of praise and thanksgiving? They have problems. We're not in denial here. Life has problems. But how many know you, you have, we have a lot more blessings than we have problems, am I right? So don't count your problems, count your many blessings, see what God has done. Be thankful today. I wish I could just grab some of you and shake you and just say, start to thank God. Oh, pastor, that's the Old Testament, you're getting emotional. No, I'm not. Look at, in Hebrews, look at this verse. This is New Testament. Through Jesus, therefore, let us, who's us, believers, continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise. What's that mean? The fruit of lips that openly profess his name. Through Jesus, let's continually do it. What? Sacrifice God praise and thanksgiving. With what? Lips. That means vocal, talk, loud. Some of you haven't lifted your voice to God in in 15 years. And yet you get excited over what silly thing. You get involved in politics and what country you're from and where you found a sale on a dress or a car or something. And you're just blabbing and talking about that. But when it comes to opening our mouth and saying, thank you, Jesus, I praise you, God, out loud. I'm not ashamed who might laugh at me. Come on, let's put our hands together and say amen. If you think I'm incorrect, hey, whatever. Just try it, though, before you criticize me. Start praising God out loud today in this meeting. Tell me what change happens in your life. You're going to make God happy when you confess his name with your lips. Then, as God is correcting his people who he loves and say, you want to make me happy? Give a sacrifice of thanksgiving. In everything, give thanks. One of my besetting sins all my life is I've lacked giving God thanks as much as I should because he is my everything. Everything, everything you own. Don't you understand the job that you have? God gave you that job. If you have any intelligence, whatever your IQ is, God gave you that IQ. Do you have strength in your body? Did you have parents who loved you? Do you have anyone who ever blessed you? Has anyone ever helped you in your life? It wasn't the person God sent that person to help you. Come on, one more time. We got to give him thanksgiving. He is worthy of it all indeed. Now the next thing that God says is to please him, to make him happy every day is Sacrifice thank offerings to God. Don't go through the motions. Thank him from your heart, through your mouth. Give him praise. Oh, I don't know. I wasn't raised that way. Why would I care about how you were raised or how, or how I was raised? What's that got to do with what God says? People make their own experience the rule of their life. 
Well, I wasn't raised that way. We're going by the Bible, not how I was raised or how you were raised. If God says, lift your hands, I'm not embarrassed to lift my hand. If God says, open your mouth, come on, lift up your hands. Come on, can we? Come on. We praise you, God. Wave them like that. Just we praise you, God. I don't care who looks at me and says I'm nuts. I'm praising God. You may put them down. Number two, and fulfill your vows to the Most High. Now, what's that? Well, we're believers. We don't get saved by making vows or by obedience. But what this is speaking of is obedience. Hasn't God ever dealt with you in your walk with the Lord and said, that's wrong, stop it. That talk you just did with those people, that's called gossip, I hate that. Don't do it. Didn't I just prompt you to investigate about BT Kids that you might be able to help? And they don't do it every week, by the way. You're not sent to Siberia when you sign up to go to work with BT Kids. No, they just ask for you once a month on a Sunday. But hasn't God ever spoken to you about something he wants changed in your life? And you've said, you affirmed it. That's right. But God says, you don't do it, Israel. I've dealt with you and I've told you what to do. Some of you don't tithe. You don't give. You're cheap. God gives you, no, I'm serious. God's blessed you with money and a job. You won't share it with anyone. Here we're pastors, we've been talking. I mentioned it the other day. I don't want to go off target, but people get married and don't have joint accounts. Oh, I don't trust him. <laughs> then what'd you marry him for? I mean, the two become. But see, we got that covetous spirit. Now, if you're married to an unbeliever and the unbeliever is a gambler or something like that, I know their circumstances. We deal with that all the time. But a lot of people, the Lord, he hasn't he dealt with you about your giving? In my life, he's dealt with me about it. Now the question is, he's dealt with me, and I affirm it, and I say, God, I'm going to do it. Now the question is, do I make him happy by following through by his power and doing it? Or do I make him sadder by reneging and going back and, no, I won't do it? Hasn't he ever dealt with you about some of the stuff you watch? He's never done that? No, you're lying to me. No, you're lying to me. What are you filling your mind and your eyes with that trash? Why do you go to those places? They hate me there. Why do you go there? And you're not going to witness. You're partaking. He's never dealt with you like that? Of course he has. Of course he has. Why do you have those racial attitudes toward people who are different than you? Why do you have that white pride, that white prejudice? Why do you have that black prejudice or Japanese prejudice? or Latino prejudice, whatever. God hasn't ever dealt with you and said, that stuff does not please me. Fulfill your vow to the Lord. Don't you remember what God said? King Saul was the king. God had put him there, but he wouldn't listen to God, and he offered up a sacrifice, but he didn't obey what the prophet said was the word of the Lord. And look, look what happened. But Samuel, the prophet, replied, does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice. And to heed, to listen, is better than the fat of rams. What's the sense of us singing and rocking and praying and gardens into gardens or whatever that song is? And then we disobey and we use filthy language 
we're sleeping around. We're fooling around with things we shouldn't touch, right? And what do you think? The praise and worship song is going to please God? No, to obey is better than sacrifice, even the sacrifice of praise. We're developing, unfortunately, in America, and it's spread out in other countries. It's big time now in South America, too, and other places, a new kind of cult-like Christianity where it's all about praise and worship and a vibe, skinny jeans and a fog machine. But when it comes, no, listen, but when it comes to how the people live, oh, you don't want to know. No, you don't want to know. You don't want to know, and that includes sometimes the preacher. But it's covered up by songs and worship and falling on the ground and rocking and doing all of that. But that is a good sacrifice if your heart is in it, but to obey God is better than that sacrifice. Come on, can we say amen to that? To obey God. So I'm not judging any of you. I'm not judging any of you. God has to deal with you, but God has to deal with me. But what God is saying when I deal with you about something, do you obey or do you just slough it off? The way you talk to your wife, the way you talk to your husband, the language you use in front of your children, that's pleasing to me. You think, you think I'll be happy then when you go to church on Sunday? Oh, come on, get real. Why is it quiet now? Because we developed this idea of, oh, pastor, that sounds, don't, you're being judgmental. That's hate talk. That's, that's legalism. It's not legalism. We're children of God. We're, the, we're Christians. Do we want to please him? How many want to please him again? Lift your hand. Well, to obey is better than sacrifice. To obey him, you know, obe- that's obedience. Remember, I was reading John 14, maybe verse 23. They that love me will obey me. That's what Jesus said. Those who love me will obey me. Well, of course. If, if my mother says, if I visit my mother and she says, Jim, do me a favor, ask Carol to make me such and such and such and such. That's the food. I, she really likes some of the dishes my wife would make and Carol would love to make it and we'd bring it to her. What if she asked for that and I went, fine, mom, yeah, and then I just forgot about it. You say, what kind of son is that? Your mother raised you. She's given everything for you. She's 103 years old, let's say, and you just like fluff it off. But that's the way we get with God. So all I'm saying to you is I'm not bringing you into any bondage. Just fulfill your vows. Obey what the Lord has dealt with you about. How many, I don't want specifics, but how many have ever had the Lord deal with something in your life since you've been a Christian? Come on, lift it high. Some of you didn't lift your hand. I don't know what world you live in or what kind of Christianity you have. That's what makes God happy. Not ritual, going to church, going through bodily positions and, and all that and throwing yourself on the floor. If that's what God wants you to do, we don't keep do it, but he's interested in this, su corazón, your heart, and obedience. And then finally, this just reveals how awesome God is. Look at the last part. Number one, sacrifice thanksgiving offerings to God. Some of you, don't you dare leave the building today until you give God some thanks. I know you've given God some thanks, but when you look back on your life, What is it, weeks, months, years that you just took time to minister to him and tell him thank you? Number two, fulfill your vows to the most high. Obedience is better than sacrifice. And then here's what makes God happy. God says, 
when you're in trouble. Don't go to anyone else. Come to me. I mean, what kind of God do we have? This is what makes me happy, yes? Give me thanksgiving and praise, yes? Obedience is better than sacrifice. But you know what makes me happy? When you run to me with your problems. Don't go to that other person. Don't try to figure it out yourself. Don't carry your burdens on your back. I'm your father. I love you. Please come to me. Call upon me in the day of trouble. That not only helps us, it makes God happy. What kind of God do we have? What an awesome God. He says, this makes me happy that you come to me with your problems. In the world, people go, listen, figure it out. Just don't bother me. And God says, no, bother me. Bother me all the time. Don't you carry that burden. What kind of awesome God do we have? He says, yes, praise me. Give me thanksgiving. Yes, remember, for your own good, too. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Think of all the pain that's in this room that we've gone through in our life because we disobeyed God. Think of all the anguish, the lack of peace and joy, all because of disobedience. But thirdly, God says, when you're in trouble, please don't go, don't go to anyone else. Don't go to Baal. Don't go to Asherah. Don't go to Molech, the gods of the Canaanite tribes. Don't go to the preacher. Don't put your trust in the church. Forget the Brooklyn Tabernacle. Forget Jim Cimbala. You come to me. You call on me. That makes me so happy. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And one of the greatest manifestations of faith is to pray, is to go to God and say, oh, God, help me out of this. I am in a mess. Or you don't need to be in a mess just every day. Haven't you found you need him every day? How many say amen? You need him every day. I need him absolutely every day. What an awesome God we serve. And I want us to pray that we will make him happier now each day. How many are with me on that? We know now how to make him happy. Just give him thanks for everything. Numero dos. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Whatever he's dealt with you about it. Hey, listen. You can't do this on your own. Just tell God, God, I want to obey you. You've dealt with me about that. And my spirit, my heart tells me, you're right. Now give me the strength to obey. Because I got a strong streak of disobedience in this area of my life. That's the truth. And thirdly, oh God, grant me more faith that I run to you with every problem, every need. No problem is too big for God and no problem is too little for God. Do you have a big problem for God? He made the universe. Your little your problem that you think is big, he's like, it's a speck. He can, like this, he can satisfy your need. Oh, you think the problem is too little? No, God's concerned about every little thing we face today. Wonderful, counselor, mighty God, our father, prince of peace, the great I am. We glorify the Lamb. Let's just close our eyes for a second before I pray. Those of you who say, Pastor, I have been so blessed by God, and inside of me, I got all this thanksgiving welling up when you read those verses. I want to thank him for what he's done in 2023 already for me. We're not even through the first two months, but he has been so good. I see ways that he's helped me. 
valleys he's brought me through, mountains he's brought me over. Just get up, stand up, and come here to the front. Come on, get up. Those who have extra thanksgiving for the Lord today. Come on, just stand here. Don't be embarrassed. Every eye still closed. How many say, you know, Pastor, I want God to help me to be more obedient to him in areas that he's dealt with me in. Just get up out of your seat and come. I want him to break that stronghold or that habit that's got a hold of me. I don't want to live in disobedience. Finally, how many want to make him happy? You have a big problem now. You don't know what to do. Come on up here to the front and call on his name. That's what makes him happy. Not just obedience and thanksgiving, but prayer. Call on me in the day of trouble and I will help you. I will bless you. I will strengthen you. Come from the balcony. Come from wherever you are. Father, we pray today in the name of Jesus as people are coming. We want to make you happy every day. We don't want some kind of newfangled Christianity which gives lip service to you, but it's really all about us. What we want, when we want it, what we're used to. No. Te amo mucho, Señor. We love you, Jesus. We want to make you happy. Whatever makes you happy makes us happy. So we pray, God, that you'll give us a spirit of thanksgiving that will be free, not just in our heart, but with our mouths and our tongues. And we're not embarrassed to praise you out loud. We pray you'll give us a spirit of obedience and carefulness in the way we order our steps during the day as you help us. And lastly, oh God, teach us to run to you like a father loves to see the children run to him. We love you. We praise you. We glorify the lamb. Bless the offering as people give online and as they walk out the door, the baskets that are there. We pray, God, that you will bless and move on hearts to go up to the mezzanine lobby or go online about BT Kids volunteers. We love you, Jesus. We praise you today. Our hearts are full. Thank you for your word. Help us to live today pleasing you and learning to do it more and more with a sacrifice of thanksgiving, a spirit of obedience that comes from you, and that we run to you with every problem in prayer. We pray your blessing on all the people, for we ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said, turn around, give someone a hug, a handshake. Come on, look for someone you don't know and greet them.